So I'm driving from Philly to Buffalo for a business trip. It's like back in 07, right? And after about 30 miles, you know, north of the city, I come to a small town called Snyder's Gate. At first glance, it seemed like just any other, you know, small town in the area. But I stopped to read the welcome sound. I saw something crazy, man. The sign said, Welcome to Snyder's Gate, established 1753, home of the infamous Crazy Eyes Jack. You know, man, my curiosity just just peaked, man. I decided, you know, I got to investigate further, man, you know, about the Crazy Eyes Jack dude. The source of the information, you know, was at the whistle stop. That's what everybody kept telling me. It's the um, local, like, little diner or something, man. It gas station, all that, train, all that just put into one. So I go over there and, uh, you know, I sat down at the bar. I ordered me a little drinky drink, man, and everything. The bartender's name was you know, Horace Kettle. Just a real skinny old man, you know, white beard. Had on an eagle's hat and some dark glasses. I asked him about the sign outside of, you know, of the town. And suddenly just the whole place went quiet, man. It was two big guys at the uh, pool table, man. They just stopped playing and they looked down at me like they just ready to bust my head open. So Horace, he just looked at him and he turned to me and said, uh, Hey man, uh, that name is never spoken out loud here. But uh, come on over here to the corner booth with me. I'll tell you all about it. I picked up my drink and I followed him. I could feel everybody looking at me while we walked to the booth. You know, we sat down and everything. Of course, took out a pack of cigarettes from the pocket of his apron and I uh, lit up. Taking a long puff of it, man. He blew the smoke out and he started to talk. Now, crazy eyes, Jack. He, you know, he came to Snyder's Gate around about uh, 1919, I believe. No one knew his real name was or uh, where he came from. Just showed up one day, you know, after being kicked off a moving freight train by the brake man, you know. He just never left after that. The reason everybody um, called him uh, uh, Crazy Ass Jack was because of his eyes. I thought to myself, duh, bruh. <laughs> anyway, he kept going. His eyes were, you know, just a bit too big. Like two ping pong balls. Just, you know, they always seem to be budging out of their sockets. Like, and he ain't never blanked. Wherever he, well, you know, just wherever uh, he went, he had that crazy look up in his eye. And his eyes and his face, you know, never had no expression. At first, people thought, you know, he was a, a unfortunate soldier from, you know, from the Great War or something, suffering from shell shock. But that was dismissed uh, when he was revealed to only be 16 years old. As soon as he arrived, you know, he began causing trouble. He was caught, you know, just, just numerous times, just peeking in through somebody's window at night, 
He vandalized storefronts. He even did unnatural things with certain animals, man, you know. Sometimes even in public. There was also some um, some, some eyewitness accounts of, of him strangling stray cats to death and tossing them in an old quarry pond. Town folk did everything they could to get rid of him. They bought him uh, one-way train tickets to New York, Chicago, Miami, Los Angeles. Just about anywhere a young boy of his own would, you know, want to go. But he refused to leave. He'd rather stay in this old rinky-dink town all these years. Eventually, they sent him to the um, state insane asylum. But the folks at the asylum sent him back, saying he was too too crazy to keep in there. Some men once um stuffed him in a mail bag and let him be picked up by the mail train. And you know, once he came through town or whatever, but old crazy ass Jack just just walking back in town a few days later like like nothing even happened. You know, I asked him, what about the police? They couldn't stop him. He said, well, you know, back then, back then, um, things were a little different around here. A lot of men would just beat the mess out of you and lock you up for a few days, or, or, you know. And uh, old crazy ass, he didn't mind taking a beating. You know, after a few years of this, the, the whole town was ready to hang him. But chief police said, uh, couldn't hang him because uh, he hadn't committed, you know, any serious crimes. But all that changed back in uh, about uh, 1923, I believe. That summer, uh, you know, a family moved in the Snyder's Gate from uh, Philadelphia. There were four of them, a husband and a wife and two teenage children. 17-year-old boy named, uh, I think his name was uh, Tim, and a 16-year-old girl named Gloria. While Tim was kind of plain looking at everything, Gloria, she was absolutely stunning. I'm talking about that girl with red bone with green eyes. You know, quite naturally, she uh, caught the eye of every boy and young man in town. Even. And, you know, I hate to say it, but old crazy-ass Jack with them uh, unblinking eyes, man, he had his eyes on her, too. Jack started to develop an, an obsession with Gloria. He stalked her all over town. He catch a beating for it, but it ain't stop him. He'd come right back the next day or two and be stalking her again. But, you know, one day when, you know, every time Gloria look around and meet somebody, or, you know, Jack, he, they see him scurry behind the alley or a garbage can or something, and he'd come on out when the coast was clear. And this all came to a head, you know, on the night of the the high school's harvest dance in October. Gloria had been going out with a boy named uh, Amos uh, Wesley was his name. He was an A-plus student and uh, starting fullback for the football team and track star and everything. Looking at scholarships, you know, to the college of his choice. That was a big deal way back then because this time we weren't really known for much. Just a you know, stop along the train line. So as the dance began to wind down, 
Amos took uh, Gloria for a little ride at his new uh, packet roadster. Little did anybody know that uh, that was such a fine car would soon become a, just a vehicle, a tragedy, man. Uh, when neither Gloria or Amos came home, the parents got worried and, and they phoned the police. Since both families were members of the town's, you know, social elite class, you call it, the police and town folk quickly began a search. A gas station attendant said he saw the couple headed up to Hickory Hill. That was like the, the locals' lover's lane part, you know. He said they had filled the tank up before they headed up there. The police and the town folk all went to the hill and they found the roast at their banner. You know, it was some signs of a struggle, but there wasn't no sign of um, Amos and Gloria. Then a man came running from the woods, faithful, white as a ghost. Before he could speak, he just, just vomited uh, violently all over. Then he told him he found the remains of Amos. The police themselves were horrified by what they saw. Over in the middle of a, a clearing was Amos's body. He had been disemboweled with his intestines exposed. His head was severed and was sitting over on a tree stump. His face carved up like a jack-o'-lantern. It didn't take long for the police to figure out who was responsible. Everybody knew crazy ass Jack had been eyeing Gloria all since she had arrived. And that he lived in a small wooden shack behind the junkyard. So the police and a, an angry mob went to the lair of old crazy ass and the police busted down the door and found Gloria still alive. She was completely naked and her hands was tied to the headboard, beat up old brass bed with dirty old rags, and it was clear that she had been raped. They did a quick little search and they found crazy eyes hiding in the back seat of an old Model T Ford laying sitting around somewhere. The dirty white button-down shirt he always wore was covered in blood and it was completely unbuttoned and his fly was unzipped and everything. Apparently, old jacket stalked him down the Hickory Hill and he murdered Amos and then kidnapped Gloria and raped her. <laughs> the trial was held at the state courthouse in Harrisburg and it made headline news in the papers. Across the country as well as all of you know, the news radios and stuff that since the officials of the state and saying something testified that Jack was too crazy and unstable to be housed there the judge said in crazy eyes Jack to the, be executed in the electric chair. It was on a cold gray February afternoon in 1924. Old crazy eyes was escorted from the cell to the execution chamber and when they asked if he had any last words, old Jack said, I regret nothing. And with that, he spat on the floor before they sent 50,000 votes to him and put old crazy ass out of his memory, misery. Uh, they said one that popped out of his head. Before a while afterwards, Snyder's Gate became uh, somewhat of a, a tourist attraction. 
People came far and wide to see the sleepy little town that became home to such a depraved young man for a whole four years. And old crazy eyes were worth more to Snyder's Gate dead than when he was alive. The whole town made a small fortune off, of, off the name and for a few years before all the noise died down and Snyder's Gate returned to normal for the first time. But we still kept the, you know, the, the sign outside, you know, or we put it out there right after his execution. After I heard the story of Crazy Eyes Jack, I asked what happened to Gloria and her family. At this point, Horace became, you know, kind of silent for a while. And then he told me, old Gloria was pregnant. She and her family moved back to Philly right after the trial. It was late July of uh, 1925, I'm thinking now. She uh, gave birth to a healthy baby boy. She stayed single for the first four years, you know, finishing high school. And, and then she got a job and everything as a waitress before meeting a kind-hearted young man who was willing to shoulder the responsibilities of parenthood, and, and she married him. They soon had several other children, but they not important to the story. However, that boy that she conceived by old crazy eyes would graduate high school and serve in the Army during World War II. Well, was that World War II? I don't know. It might have been one of the wars after World War II, but it might have uh, been yeah, right around the end of World War II, if I ain't mistaken. Anyway, uh, he moved to Snyder's Gate and became a farmer and a used car salesman. And he got married and raised five kids and eventually opened up a bar in the old train station. You know, even when trains no longer stopped at Snyder's Gate. After he finished, it became clear that the man Speaking to me, uh, was the son of this jacked up man whose name was never said out loud. I just sat there, now I'm looking crazy. The man the horse took one final puff of his cigarette and then crushed it in the, uh, in the little glass ashtray, he said. You think that's something? Take a look at these. Horace said and removed his dark glasses. What I saw still haunts me to this day. What I saw was two large bug eyes that never blinked, man. And the old man started laughing through his ugly yellow teeth. <laughs> Mama always said uh, I had my pappy's eyes. And she was right. The old man laughed like he was crazy. I got up and ran from the booth and Got in my car and I drove way fast as I could. I took a different route home after my business trip and to this day, I still had nightmares about them large, ugly, unblinking eyes, man. Passed down from an insane daddy to a just plain creepy son. <laughs>